So let's review. The Gemara in the previous daf cited Takanas Usha. Ha'isha shemacher benichsim melug bechaye ba'alav amesa. Ha'bal meitzim yad alakuchis. If a woman sold nichsim melug and subsequently died in her husband's lifetime, the Chacham gave him the right to claim the property from the buyer. The Gemara brings several brises in support of this decree. If witnesses testify that someone divorced his wife and paid her ksuba, while they actually are still married, and the witnesses are found to be zaymin, and so they must pay the, the value of the ksuba, which they tried to take away from her. However, they do not pay the full amount of the ksuba because she may die before him and never collect the ksuba. Rather, they pay the present value of Riksuba, namely, we assess how much one would pay to buy the right star Riksuba. For the buyer, this is a gamble, because he only collects if if the husband dies or they get divorced. However, if she dies first, her husband inherits her rights to the Riksuba and the buyer collects nothing. Therefore, the Tevisana, its present worth, is considerably less than its face value. Now, the Gemara asks, Tisbin Ksubasa Ligamri. If her sale is final, the buyer gets to keep the properties, and the husband would not inherit them if she dies first. Clearly, Isilita Kanas Usha, the Chacham indeed restricted her rights to sell the Niximilug. However, the Gemara rejects this proof because Im Amr Beniximilug, Yemr Benixi Tzerm Barzal, even without Takanas Usha, she can only sell Niximilug but she cannot sell Nechzit Tzern Basel, property for which he is personally responsible, which he would inherit if she dies first. The Gemara tries to prove from this b'risa, Teibesana The wife keeps the proceeds if she sells the Teibesana of her ksuba, because otherwise, Lemer le'edim ma'yaf sedinach. The witnesses can argue that they didn't cause her a loss, because Ihavis mezavnes lo'da Teibesana ba'la Her husband would anyway receive these, these proceeds. Igma rejects this proof as well because the Iker Ravach Beisa, a wife also benefits of her husband's income increases. Nevertheless, the Gemara rules She keeps the proceeds of the sale, and her husband is not even entitled to the profits generated by that money, because He is not entitled to any secondary profit generated by her property. The Gemara now brings a second proof for Takana Susha. Our Mishnah said, an encounter involving injury with a woman or a slave is always to one's detriment, because one is liable for damaging them, while they are not liable for damaging others, because her property is beholden to her husband. Now, the Gemara asks, She should sell her and pay for the damages. Clearly, the sale is not effective. However, the Gemara rejects this proof because even after the Kanasusha, she should be obligated to sell the Tevesana of her Ksuba. Rather, we must answer that according to Shmuel's opinion, a creditor can sell the rights to collect a loan and subsequently forgive the debt. Therefore, there's no point in forcing her to sell her Ksuba because. She will certainly forgive her husband, and so we cannot participate in the transaction where the buyer will certainly lose out. Furthermore, we do not require for her to transfer the rights to her ksuba to the victim who has nothing to lose, 
Since she will certainly forgive her husband, it's merely a waste of time for Bezdin. Furthermore, even if she injures her husband, we do not say she should forgive her ksuba in exchange for the damages, because her mayor holds it's forbidden to remain married without a ksuba so that he should hesitate before divorcing her. And in this case, he would easily divorce her since he would retain her ksuba as payment for his injuries. However, now that she retains her ksuba, we are not concerned he will divorce her just to force her to pay him for the injury because he would not do that since he would still need to pay a large sum for the ksuba compared to the smaller amount of the injury. For example, if the injury was only worth 4 zuzi, and if he divorces her, he will have to pay a ksuba up 25 zuz. However, if nafish ksubasim ksuba deiraisa, our ksuba was greater than the mandated 25 zuz, nukma ksuba deiraisa ve'idach tezab nehalei kechavle. We obligate her to sell the extra portion to her husband in exchange for the injury. The Gemara now seeks to show that Takanas Usha is a machlekist hanoim. A slave who is permanently maimed by his owner is set free. Now, one Braisa says, If a married woman blinds her slave, he is set free, but if her husband, who only owns the rights to work the slave, blinds him, he does not go free. While another Braisa says, he does not go free even if the woman blinds him. Now, the Gemara assumes that everyone agrees that Kinyan pays Lavka Kinyan Guftami. The husband's rights to the produce is not considered primary ownership. Therefore, both Bryce's rule that the slave does not go free if the husband blinds him because he does not belong to him. If so, the Machlik is regarding the woman must be about Takanasusha. The first Bryce rules that if she blinds him, he goes free because Leslie Takanasusha. It does not agree with Takana Susha, and so the woman is considered his primary owner. And the second Braisa rules that he does not go free because Isle Takana Susha. Since the Chacham decreed that her rights are restricted, she's not considered his owner. However, the Gemara suggests several alternate interpretations. Kulama Isle Takana Susha, everyone agrees with the Takana. Rather, Kan Koyden Takana, Kan Laacha Takana. The first Braisa was said before the Takana, and so she has full ownership. While the second brace was said after the takana was enacted, and so she does not have full ownership. Both brace agree with the takana, and were said after it was enacted. Nevertheless, the first brace holds that the slave goes free because of Rav's principle, Emancipation is one of three processes that supersede a lien on the property. Therefore, if she blinds him, this overrides the husband's rights. While the second brace holds Almu Rabban Lishabudi Debal, the Chacham treated the husband's rights more stringently than all other liens. Therefore, this does not override the husband's rights. Less Luhutakanus Usha, both prices do not agree with the Takana. However, the first brace holds Kinyapere's Lavka Kinya Guftami, and so she is the sole owner. While the second brace holds Kinyapere's Kikinya Guftami, and she's not the full owner of the slave. The Gemara continues this discussion in the next half.